Alexa, could you read today's daily affirmation? Here's something I found on the web. According to mommygreenest.com, today's Inspire April daily affirmation focuses on perseverance. It's mm. a good one. How long is it? Oh, you have to repeat Alexa. Alexa, how long is today's uh, daily affirmation on okay. perseverance? Sorry, I don't know, but I do have a skill you might like. It's called daily affirmation. Want to try it? Yes. Yes. Okay, here's daily affirmation. Here is your affirmation for today. Every day in every way, I am getting better, better, and better. Thank you, Alexa. Uh, we wanted to have the company of a third party, and we thought we, we wanted a good company, and we needed up to three people. So we, we're going we're gonna to include, we've included Miss A, and we have, uh, we have Thomas Merton from the library with us today. <laughs> and he's a good fellow, we think. <laughs> so we're going to read from his journal. Plus... Presence always. Plus, I like to go company. back, back to the '60s. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So we have the company of Thomas Merton from the library when we hoarded the spiritual books uh -huh. because of my tendency to hoard things. But uh -huh. March twenty-fourth, nineteen sixty-one, Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. There was a superb letter from. Dr. John Wu, in answer to one I had written to him about collaborating on some selections from Suan Tzu. Mm -hmm. He's the um, Chinese Taoist. Taoist. A letter of great humility and nobility from the depths of a great heart of one who loves deeply his Chinese heritage and knows well the depths of that wisdom. The, this is a letter from Dr. John Wu about Swan Tzu. I know once again we are touching something real that cries out for a hearing. So we're actually having Swan Tzu in our read, today's reading. Wisdom cries out in the marketplace. Uh -huh. Do you think wisdom cries out in the marketplace? Uh -huh. It cries out. What it means, cries out? Mm. I can see no other way to be honest before God than to hear premonitions of his wisdom in one like Swan Tzu, C-H-U-A-N-G-T-Z-U. Dr. Wu, W-U, had much to say about the Confucian and Taoist traditions. That opened up exciting horizons. I think this will be a fine work, even though it may accomplish nothing. Why read Swan Tzu and want to accomplish something, dear? Mm -hmm. Why do we want to accomplish this podcast? Well, we just we are staying here in place with Thomas Merton and have nowhere to go. Is that why, or we want to? He makes good company. Mm -hmm. And so it's on Swan Tzu. Swan Tzu would be excellent at doing um, 
let's say Tai Chi, right? Or you might even be good at uh, what philosophy. Why read Swan Tzu and want to accomplish something or learn how to not accomplish something? Wisdom takes care of herself. Tao, Tao knows what she is about. The same thing that Manet said, that uh, Jesus mm-hmm. is wrong. Oh, no, no, he, he said it again, that uh, mm. you don't have to look for food. God provides food for everything, so provides yeah. for you. He's provide, God has provided us with intellectual food in terms of the journals of Thomas Merton writing about Swan Tzu which is uh, she has already accomplished it they have had the first glimpse of a reservoir that is already full to the edges it remains only for us to drink (laughs) this is a good entry here this is March 24th, 1961-I'll read that again. There was a superb letter from Dr. John Wu in answer to one I had written to him about a collaborating on some selections from Swan Tzu, a letter of great humility and nobility from the depths of a great heart of one who loves deeply his Chinese heritage and knows well the depths of that wisdom. I know once again we are touching something real that cries out for a hearing. Wisdom cries out in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. I cannot see no other way to be honest before God than to hear premonitions of his wisdom in one like Swan Tzu. Dr. Wu had much to say about the Confucian and Taoist traditions that opened up exciting horizons. I think this will be a fine work even though it may accomplish nothing. Why read Swan Tzu and want to accomplish something? Wisdom takes care of herself. Now, Tao knows what she is about. She has already accomplished it. I have had the first glimpse of a reservoir that is already full to the edges. It remains only for us to drink. Mm-hmm. You know, he wrote a book called Swan Tzu. So, so this is... I don't know if they list all the books he wrote, but... Seems he wrote a lot of books. Did you read Swan Tzu? Yeah, I think I probably read Swan Tzu by Thomas Merton. Oh, by Thomas Merton. I've read Swan Tzu as well, but it's... Swan Tzu is an enigma in himself. Um, probably hard to read. And why don't they list uh, a book here? As a book that he wrote, books by Thomas Merton. Don't see. Clearly, I thought he did, but. March 28, 1961, Tuesday is Holy Week. Once again, I am dimly, I dimly realize the enormous proportions of the ambiguities in myself. Uh-huh. Do you have enormous proportions of ambiguities in yourself? I don't know. Hmm. You should tell me. Hmm. I try to reduce my ambiguities in myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I cannot expect to resolve them, nor... It's a good thing to have a good ambiguity about meditating. Ambiguity. About, uh, 
good to have ambiguities? It would have been good votes, yeah, why not? Uh, not? It depends what ambiguities. What do you mean by ambiguities? Uh -huh. The strength just do something. And the will and the desire. Do you feel the word ambiguities is a Greek word, or what the heck is it? Probably. Uh, everything is Greek uh, to me. Everything is Greek to me, basically. Alexa, what ambiguity comes from? Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Alexa, what is the definition of the word ambiguity? Oh, goodness. Ask nicely. Alexa, what is the definition of the word ambiguity? Ambiguity is usually defined as doubtfulness or uncertainty of meaning or intention. For more, ask me to give you more definitions for ambiguity. Well, it means inexactness, actually. No. The quality of being open to more than one interpretation, it also means that. Oh, goodness, dear. These words have multiple meanings. Uh -huh. It also means doubtful in Latin. So you got... <laughs> ambiguity doesn't necessarily a positive word. Hmm. Oh, it's, I can't expect to... I say it's a positive word, mm. but you can then use it for positive things. You know, like well, being open-minded is positive. Desire, and desire being... is not a positive word, but it depends what desire you have. Okay. I can't expect to resolve them, nor should I be surprised at the ambiguities in others. <laughs> The great ambiguity of the whole monastery on the question of contemplation. Huh. The whole monastery has ambiguity mm -hmm. on the question of contemplation. Hmm. Well. Not everyone is suited for contemplation, I don't think. Though in theory, you, you could shouldn't say that, because that's like saying some people can't meditate. But the master saying, telling everyone basically is a human being to meditate, so how can you say some aren't suited for meditation? <laughs> You could say an animal is not suited for meditation. They have to meditate more than you. See how they keep silent most of the time. Cats are in deep meditation. Which ones meditate? Well, do you think animals meditate? Maybe they look like they do. They have silence. We travel at all times in two opposite directions and do so quite serenely, as if it were enough to have some kind of ideal of contemplation in one's mind and then do anything one is impelled to do by latent activism to alloy one's guilt feelings at being perhaps unproductive. Remember in Master's talk he said, we are actually active. The, the, 
one of the titles of my podcast is We Are Actually Active. And the the podcast is about meditation. We are not unproductive. We are actually active. <laughs> How can you be unactive? How can you be inactive? Is it possible to be inactive? Even when you, mm-hmm. you, when you quiet your mind in meditation, you know that the brain has more activity than when it is mm-hmm. occupied with something. Mm-hmm. More of your brain is at work. It's like saying, is it possible to have silence? Do, you, do we have silence? You have silence towards something, and you have <laughs> sound towards another. I mean, even in silence, you like to try to hear the sound that <clears throat> comes to your ears. It's it's uh it's sort of like silence is actually impossible because it's not silent. Yeah, like nothing. You ask John Cage, like, is it silent? It is a peculiar problem of our time when we come from a world that is completely opposed to our ideal and do not really come from it, but only bring it along with us. At the same such a time, the break should be more complete, more thorough. But being drastic is no answer. This is a kind of violence that does not take heaven by storm, but serves only to justify internal contradictions. This is an illusion. Ah, goodness. He has quite intense uh, thoughts in a way. It's not easy to... I have to read it again because he compresses... Uh, Once again, I dimly realize the enormous proportions of the ambiguities in myself. I cannot expect to resolve them, nor should I be surprised at the ambiguities in others. The great ambiguity of the whole monastery on the question of contemplation. We travel at all times in two opposite directions and do so quite serenely as if it were enough to have some kind of ideal of contemplation in one's mind than do anything one is impelled to do by latent activism to alloy one's guilt feelings at being unproductive. It is a peculiar problem of our time when we come from a world that is completely opposed to our ideal and do not really, quote, come from, unquote, it, but bring it along with us. At such a time, the break should be more complete, more thorough, but being drastic is no answer. There is a kind of violence that does not take heaven by storm but serves only to justify our internal contradictions. This is an illusion. That's why I read that twice. It's unusual. April 2nd, 1961, Easter Sunday. A gay, bright, glorious day and a very fine Easter, as such as I do not remember for a long time. The vigil was tremendous for me, and the glory of Christ was in it. There has been splendor in everything, including the emptiness of Good Friday morning when rain came down in torrents, and I stayed in the Hermitage. Yesterday, reading bits of Dame Julian of Norwich, and today...
I begin. Gregory of Nyssa. Homilies on the Canticle. Canticle. I don't know if Gregory of Nyssa is Greek or not. Father Sylvanius was in town to the doctor and brought back a newspaper story about a man in the Kentucky mountains, a former coal miner who for 13 years has been living as a hermit with a dog in a pitiful little shack without even a chimney with an old car seat for a bed because of all these wars. A real desert father, probably not too sure why. There probably is other hermits out in Kentucky somewhere. <laughs> Natural hermits. <laughs> April 15, 1961, thunderstorm. The first I have sat through in the Hermitage. Here you really can watch a storm. White snakes of lightning suddenly stand in the sky and vanish. The valley is clouded with rain as white as snow. All the hills vanish, the thunder cracks and beats. Rain comes flooding down from the roof eaves, and the grass looks twice as green as before. Not to be known, not to be seen. April 23rd, 1961, third Easter after, third Sunday after Easter. I love this mysterious and joyful Sunday. The responses about the heavenly Jerusalem and the gospel, about the joy that, quote, no man shall take from you. Remember 21 years ago in Havana, the Sunday of the great joy in San Francisco Church. That was April 29 that year. So it's now been 21 years since he was in Havana, Cuba. Hmm. May 7, 1961, the 5th Easter of the 5th Sunday after Easter, in the night office, St. Ambrose, all must rise from the dead. Resurrection is our lot. Life is our destiny, whether we want it or not. But to be risen and not want it, to hate life, is the resurrection of judgment. Man is not and cannot be a merely ephemeral thing. Mm -hmm. If he wills to be evanescent, to remain in what he is not, he is a living contradiction. Mm -hmm. oh, to remain... Thunder, lightning, and rain all night, heaviest rain for a long time, floods in the bottoms, water bubbling in under the basement wall into the washroom. Jeez. That's him. Noviciat Garden. There's some nice pictures here, but you can't show pictures in a podcast. Noviatat Garden flooded in the northwest corner. One day the whole retaining wall will go if this keeps up. Sound of water in the valley. My love is the fragrance of the orchid and the sound of waters, says the haiku of my lovely sun calendar. Here's a haiku, dear. 
Here's his haiku says, My love is the fragrance of the orchid and the sound of waters, says the haiku of my lovely Zen calendar. He's reading haiku uh -huh. in his calendar. Uh -huh. May 16, 1961, it is like an English summer day, cool and cloudy, and with deep green grass all around the hermitage, and trees heavy with foliage, occasional slow burst of gentle sunrise light that imperceptibly pass by, shafts of light and great rooms of shadow in the tall tree church beyond the cedar cross. The path of creek, creek gravel leads into the shadows and beyond them to the monastery. Out of sight, down the hill, across the road, fields and a road and a dirty stream, all such things as roads and sewers are far from this place. <laughs> Reading Martin Luther King, Jr., and the simple moving story of the Montgomery Bus Boycott. Especially interested not only in the main actions, but in the story of his own spiritual development. Certainly here is something Christian in the history of our time. May 20th, 1961. A prayer to God. My Father, on the Vigil of Pentecost, today, Father, this blue sky praises you. The delicate green and yellow flowers of the tulip poplar praise you. The distant blue hills praise you, along with the sweet-smelling air, which is full of brilliant light. The bickering flycatchers praise you, with the low-lowing bulls and the quails that whistle over there. And I, too, Father, praise you with these creatures, my brothers. You have made us all together, and you have placed me here this morning in the midst of them. Here I am. For a long time I prayed in the years that are past, and I was in darkness and sorrow and confusion. No doubt the confusion was my own fault. <clears throat> no doubt my own will was the root of my sorrow. And I regret it. Oh, merciful Father, but whatever may have been my sin... The prayer of your friends for me and my own prayers were answered. I am here in this hermitage before you. Here you see me, here you love me, here you are asked the response of my own love and my confidence. Here you ask me to be nothing else than your friend. To be your friend is simply to accept your friendship because it is your friendship. This friendship is your life, the spirit of your son, and you have called me here to be your son, to be born again, be born over again, repeatedly in your life in knowledge, in consideration, in gratitude, in poverty, and in praise. And here I will learn from the words of your friends to be your friend. He's learning from the words of your friends to be your friends. So are we reading this book for that purpose? Here I will be a friend to those in whom you send me, your son. I have any choice to make it is to live and even die here. But in any case, it is to speak your name with the confidence here in this place. To say it being here and by having you in my heart as long as I can be here. 
Father, I beg you to teach me to be a man of peace and to help bring peace to the world. <laughs> to study here truth and nonviolence and patience and courage to suffer for truth. Send me your Holy Spirit. Unite me with your divine Son and make me one with you in him. For your great glory. Amen. It's like a prayer. <laughs> Goodness. Learning to say it. Huh? Yeah. You could make it your prayer. This one. Yeah, it's a nice prayer. Mm -hmm. This one is like a prayer. It is a prayer. I prayed. It says for a long time I prayed. Huh? Mm -hmm. We could. Yeah. We never collected prayers like I, I thought you could collect. Uh, a book of prayers, almost. Oh, mm -hmm. they do have books of prayers. I know, but they're not yeah, self-collected. They're not self-collected. Mm -hmm. The ones that you like. Mm -hmm. We have 15 minutes towards... Uh, but don't they, you said they start in Hindi and then switch to English? Or what? No, not on, on Today Sunday is only. English, straight. Oh, we actually, well, we'll have to stop soon, but not yet. We have to take a break. We had to get through 1961. If 61 is long, you could actually just pause. Hmm? Dear, I think I'll pause. 61 in the journals of... Thomas Merton, within the book Intimate Merton. So this is the intimate part of the journals. May 30th, 1961, Feast of St. Joan of Arc. On Trinity Sunday, after the night office, I realized I had plenty of time to go to the Hermitage and went as the sun rose. I wonder why I had not thought of it before. Perhaps too obsessed with the reading I have been doing at that time, in which, and to a great extent, I have been fruitlessly lost. This morning I came up again, and I am doing my best to take as far as possible the whole day here, going down, of course, for exercises, which is possible as I have no conference or direction. This morning at four... Great full moon over Nally's Hill, pale and clear. A faint mist hanging over the wet grass of the bottoms. More and more I appreciate the beauty and the solemnity of the way. Up through the woods, past the bull barn, up the stony rise, into the grove of tall. Straight oaks and hickories and around through the pines on top of the hill to the cottage. Hmm. I wish I had a hermitage up in the woods. Uh -huh. I could walk to it at 4 a.m. <laughs> Sunrise, hidden by pines and cedars on the east side of the house. <laughs> Saw the red flame of it clearing through the cedars, not like sunrise, but like a forest fire. From the window of the front room, then he, the sun, can hardly be conceived as other than he, Shone si silently with solemn power through the pine branches. Do you think the sun is a he? Uh, in every language, moon is feminine. 
Moon is feminine, the sun is a he. That's how we name them. Ah, that's funny. We don't know if we have any. Don't know why. But now after high mass, the whole valley is glorious with the morning light and the song of birds. Uh -huh. It is essential to experience all the times and moods of this place. No one will know or be able to say how essential. How essential is it to experience the times and moods of this place with the birds and light? Do you think birds and light are essential? Mm -hmm. Almost the first and most important element of a truly spiritual life, lost in the constant formal routine of divine offices under the fluorescent lights in choir, practically no change between night and day. Hmm. Imagine now. Hmm. now. He has a certain nature mysticism. He's a... He, He's got a, like appreciation of nature almost always through his journals. So. Are all mystics nature mystics? Is there non-nature non mystics? Mystic, uh -huh. optimistic. Optimistic mystics? <laughs> but there's pessimistic also. I wonder if, I wonder if you're inevitably optimistic to, to be a mystic ends and mm -hmm. end up being to be a mystic is almost to be optimistic uh, you could be trying to be a mystic and be negative I don't know you could be in your dark night of the soul and uh, mm -hmm. is that a negative mystic <laughs> well sometimes night goes with day uh -huh. And you fluctuate. Practically no change between night and day. May 31, 1961, the great work of sunrise again today. The awful solemnity of it, the sacredness, the unbearable without prayer and worship. I mean unbearable if you really put everything aside and see what is happening. Many, no doubt, are vaguely aware that it is dawn, but they are protected from the solemnity of it by the neutralizing Worship of their own society, their own world in which the sun no longer rises and sets. Do you think we should always go welcome the rise of the sun? See, that's the advantage of camping out. Or I think we should arise with the, and a sleep in a bed that faces east and go to bed and bed that faces west and then how do you move to the other one you have to have a window on the east and the west <laughs> I remember looking at a house that had uh, you should sleep in the east because you wake up early if you can have you, uh, in the evening for di dinner time which could be the din dining and living room to be on the west side I mean, I saw a house in Bristol, Connecticut, and we thought it was beautiful because it had windows on all four sides with breeze blowing through the house on all four sides. And it was on a, a peninsula with uh, water on all sides, and it was not on the ocean, but it was in the harbor, and... Uh, 
it had nice sunset. <laughs> it had a beautiful sunset of the harbor, of the boats. And yet it was just in town. So if it can be just in town, but still near the water, near the lake, and get the breeze, and be cooled, uh, naturally cooled, by air conditioning, by natural air conditioning, and have a nice sunset view. <laughs> and have four, wind, uh, wind, four sides of light from the windows. <laughs> that was a nice house. Remember, Bristol is where they had the 4th of July parade, dear. Mm -hmm. The first... Fourth of July parade. Oh. Bristol, Bristol, Rhode Island. Sense of importance. The ur urgency of seeing, fully aware, experiencing what is here, not what is given by men, by society, but what is given by God, hidden by even monastic society. Clear realization that I must be with these first elements. It is absurd to inquire after my function in the world or whether I have one, as long as I am not first of all alive and awake. If that and no more is my job, it is certainly every man's job, then I am grateful for that. The vanity of all false mission, when no one is sent, all the universal outcry of people who have not been told to cry out, but who are driven to this noise by their fear, their lack of what is right in front of their noses, <clears throat> hmm. He's getting a lot of stuff here. June <clears throat> 6, 1961, the Orthodox calendar. Bessasion the Great of Egypt. Why is he looking at the Orthodox calendar? Dame Jean Marie Le Clerc came last Wednesday afternoon before Corpus Christi, stayed three days, <clears throat> and gave some conferences. <clears throat> Gave some conferences. He had some talks together. We had some talks together. He told me I was a pessimist. Too anxious and too negative. So, is he an optimistic mystic or a pessimistic one? I believe that one should be an optimistic mystic. You can be optimistic and be a mystic. And being a mystic maybe makes you an optimist uh -huh. optimist because you must believe optimistically <laughs> actually i also had a feeling of an underlying disharmony between us of a kind of opposition and mistrust mefiance that's a french word may mefiance under the surface cordiality and agreement maybe he's orthodox <laughs> He is certainly one of those, one of the very many, who accept many, any writing I have done, only with great reservations. See, he, he may be critical, he may be orthodox. Th that he, I can certainly understand as a theologian, I have always been a pure amateur. And the professionals resent my amateur making so much noise. <laughs> resent an amateur making so much noise. That's like me podcasting. A lot of people resent me because they think I'm a, an amateur yeah, theologian and don't know anything. They the same Adventists they do. They think I'm a barbarian and my readings and they think it should only be done by LibriVox and Audible Books. 
and they should control it with the copyright law. <laughs> they with an iron fist and make money by it. <laughs> they have very bad readers. And boring too. <laughs> Though he is. <laughs> they resent my amateur making so much noise. I am an I am an amateur making so much noise. <laughs> Though he is friendly to a book like. Thoughts in Solitude, I know he is not happy with something like the sign of Jonas, which would obviously disturb most Europeans, most European monks. He protests he is not against journals as such. As for Assent to Truth, all right, I know this is a foolish experiment, a false start and a mistake. I am ashamed of it. Perhaps it is not as bad as I feel it is in my guilt. So to some of the other fatu <coughs> fatuous, fatuous didacticism I have gotten into, the things I have said fairly well are things I needed to say. I stand by them. Do we stand by what we've said? Not totally by them. But if I say that they're podcast of annihilation, there's no one standing there because he's annihilated. So what I said doesn't exist because it's no more existent than I am. <laughs> most of the seven-story mountain, I stand by them. He stands by most of the seven-story mountain and Jonas and anything on solitude, especially the notes in disputed questions. A lot of poems, seeds of contemplation, and new seeds, I think. A good part of the silent life, perhaps a few pages of No Man is an Island, uh, a bit... A good bit of secular journal, and most of the recent works, Behavior Titans, especially in the stuff on Heraclitos and Japanese Chinese thought, maybe. Here he's commenting on what he stands behind. He's saying, <clears throat> I stand by them. Here's one of his writings. He stands by most of Seven Story Mountain and what Jonas. What exactly he stands? It means he... he uh, he still supports his ideas. He will, he, what do you mean, what do you mean to stand anything? by? I mean, do you remember any of the ideas, major ideas of that book? No, but I'm just saying what he stands by. No, I I'm not claiming to know anything because I stand by the fact that I know nothing. Hmm. Because I'm far more advanced than Socrates, and the extent of what I don't know is far larger than him, therefore I'm wiser than Socrates. Who said that? I don't. <laughs> no, the extent, larger. being in this time, there's far more to not know than he had to not know, so the <laughs> amount that I don't know is far larger than Socrates, so I'm therefore much wiser than Socrates. I stand by that. Most of the seven stories... That, that's because you... What? He was wise to say that he didn't know anything. <laughs> I oh, stand. Yeah. Just if somebody who really doesn't know anything. But do says we? That, do I? Wise. Do I stand by anything? Wise. We stand by some things. The stuff we podcast, we stand by. Yeah, certainly. If it's a I podcast mean, and we I record mean, it, it book, stand by the it. The book you're referring to, Seven Mountains, you said. Uh -huh. What it is about, 
Dear, it's his autobiography, which he wrote young, you know, like halfway through, okay? Mm -hmm. If you were like 30 years okay. old... But what was his idea that he stood by? The ideas in his book. Same one. I never said that I knew what was in his book. <laughs> I thought you read it. I know what's in this book in front of me. He didn't read it. I don't know anything but what's in front of me because <laughs> I'm a hardcore Zen Buddhist who knows absolutely nothing in the past or the future. <laughs> but I know this particular reading right here. I stand by this reading. Most of the seven-story mountain and Jonas and anything on solitude, especially the notes in disputed questions. A lot of poems, seeds of contemplation, and new seeds, I think. A good part of the silent life. Perhaps a few pages of No Man is an Island. A good bit of Secular Journal. And most of the recent work, Behavior of Titans especially. Dear, what do you think Behavior of Titans is? And then here, look. He stands by the stuff on Heraclitos. And Chinese thought, maybe. Mm -hmm. He stands by Heraclitus, but who can't stand by Heraclitus? I could stand by him because mm -hmm. every time I step into his writings, it comes out with something different. Mm -hmm. What hurts me most is to have been inexorably trapped by my own I folly. I was going to say, because we never step into the same water twice. In a way, it's the same thing that hurts me. What hurts me most is to have been inexorably trapped by my own folly, wanting to prove myself a Catholic. Of course, not perfectly succeeding. What am I trying to prove myself as? I'm trying to prove myself as a... What? I tried to prove myself as a poet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do I have to, though? Mm -hmm. They all admit and comment my goodwill, but frankly, I am not one of the bunch, am I? For my comfort, a squirrel just ran across the porch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting reading, huh? Are we an optimistic mystic? Uh -huh. I don't you think that I am optimistic in a way. I am an optimistic mystic. I'm optimistic that I we could try to become mystics. I'm optimistic over the prospect of becoming a mystic. <clears throat> If you were to meditate for 50,000 hours in this lifetime and then 50,000 in the next and 50,000 in the next and 50,000 in the next, so 200,000 hours of meditation, I would be optimistic that we could reach the goal. It is Heraclitus who said that we don't step into the, never step into the same river twice. Yeah, Heraclitus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he says that... Uh, the stuff he stands by Heraclitus, maybe. <laughs> I stand by Heraclitus, maybe. Do you stand by him, maybe? Maybe, because maybe he doesn't understand him, totally. 
Well, you'd have to say maybe if you yeah. were understand him. June 16, 1961, sweet afternoon. <laughs> cool breezes and a clear sky. This day will not come again. Remember how I said uh, you wanted to go back to that spot in Central Park? And I said, that moment will never come again. I said, we're not going back. You wanted to go back to the sailboat pond and sit in that little table all by herself. Yeah. I said, that moment will never come back again, and we left the park. I know a bit The bulls lie under the tree in the corner of their field, quiet afternoon. The blue hills, the day lilies in the wind, this day will not come again. <coughs> That's the thing about these beautiful days and the sweet afternoons with the cool breeze and the clear sky. Do they ever come again? They do maybe come again, if you're an optimistic mystic. If you're an optimistic, I, you know, I'm optimistic that it will come again. Hmm. June twentieth, nineteen sixty-one. Bruno Scott James sent a copy of a review of disputed questions he did for the tablet. Partly very favorable, it in part reproves me for being bitter and critical, sounding, trying to sound like a prophet in the lands of Sinai. I think he certainly exaggerates. In any case, he referred to the Prasternak article. There is no doubt that the problems of our time call for some strong protest and declarations. It is, however, sensitivity reaching to the element of harshness to the impatience and the violence that are in me. My reprisals, my resentments, really he is right. I have got to stop making negative statements dictated by these sick drives. <laughs> if I can. Do you think we should stop doing all negative postings or comments on the internet altogether and never say anything negative about anything? <laughs> At least I must try more than I have. What? Yeah. At least I must try more than I have. It has spoiled all my work from the beginning. A basic defect part deep in my character. Such a defect one must fight, especially in a monastery. I have tended not to, but rather justified myself about it. No need to overemphasize the importance of spiritual direction, but one thing I have certainly lacked is a director. Father John of the Cross is capable but says nothing. Hmm. <sighs> We're running out of time here. We're going to finish. Uh, hmm. About five minutes, so... June 27, 1961, realization that I need to turn a corner to sleuth, slew off a skin. Need for moral effort in the midst of dullness and boredom. And then there's another French word, engordissimo. Engordissimo. Dear. E-N-G-O-U-R-D-I-S-S-E-M-E-N-T. Boredom, engodissimo, and confusion. Mm -hmm. I thought you knew French. I could be 
Even with my glass, I can read it so small. Oh. I'm ground this man. I'm ground this man. I'm ground this man. Make big. Boredom. Make something big. There's probably something sick about the mental numbness and anguish. Uh, he just needs to play tennis and volleyball. He needs to exercise. There. He's too much of a monk. He needs to go to some sports. <laughs> he definitely needs more vitamin D. It is hard to see exactly what is to be left and what is to be thrown overboard. Mm -hmm. Once again, at the risk of being involved in hopeless confusions, I try to face the incomprehensible problem for me of writing. Incomprehensible because I am too involved and committed. That is the bad thing. It is so true that I have to continue being a writer that I do not know where to begin to think about not being one. Why is it so hard? Boredom. Are we bored? Are we reading because we're bored? We're not bored if we're not bored. If we're reading this, we're not bored by it. We're not bored by it. In fact, we're reading it because we're not bored. We're reading Merton because we're not bored by him, actually, even though he says, I'm in the midst of dullness and boredom. That's strange, huh? Hmm. Do you know what it means? Yeah. It says uh, it's what he, somebody feels when he's, he slept over his arm and he can't move it when he wakes up. Numbness, mental numbness. Maybe it's mental numbness. Hmm. Hmm. It is so true that I have to continue being a writer, that I do not know where to begin to think about not being one, where is to make the divisions. I feel it is useless even to make them, though I know what they are in my own mind. Certainly, I can write something and write, if possible, creatively. But not to preach, not to dogmatize, not to be a pseudo-prophet, not to declare my opinions, yet it is essential to take a moral stand on some points, like atomic war. How could you not take a stand against atomic war? <laughs> Am I so far gone that I can't do this without putting a brassiere on my head and running about like Solomon Eagle in the London Fire? I think we have to stop with atomic warfare. We agree that we can agree morally that there shouldn't be atomic weapons. So we, I think we can agree on that, though it's not optimistic. <laughs> hmm. We have to. Time has run out, and we. I have to stop here. We read up till. June 27th, about halfway through 1961 in the journals of Thomas Martone.